Hi, I'm Justin Rosso, and welcome to this episode of the Next Step Podcast, where we help you take a next step. Today, we'll be joined by two special guests. The first is Pat Meyer, co-founder of Visual Faith Ministry, and the other is Amy Meyer, co-founder of Neighboring Life. Now, if you could read their names, you could see that Pat spells her name M-A-I-E-R, and Amy spells her last name M-E-Y-E-R. So they're not actually related, at least not any more recently than Noah's Ark, as far as we can tell. But we did discover that Pat Meyer lives on Meyer Avenue, M-E-Y-E-R, a happy coincidence on an episode when we're talking about life with your neighbors. John 1 is the traditional reading for Christmas Day, and after a brief intro and an opening prayer, we'll hear about the Word becoming flesh as Pat reads from the English Standard Version, or ESV, and Amy reads the same verses from the message paraphrase. You can find that reading on page 97 of the hymn journal, Light in the Darkness, a hymn journal for Advent and Christmas. After discussing those verses, we'll hear from Pat Meyer about her artwork on page 95 that keeps Jesus at the center of our Christmas celebrations. And then we'll talk a little bit more about the mission of Visual Faith Ministry to provide resources that help you slow down and experience time in prayer and in Bible study a little more intentionally. Once we've looked briefly at the corner art on page 98, I'll read the devotion on that page. It's a devotion called For His Bed, a Cattle Stall. That comes from the hymn, Infant Holy, Infant Lowly. We'll hear Brooke and Brendan's version of that hymn, and then after a musical interlude, we'll turn to the prayer experiment on pages 100 and 101, and we'll get a chance to hear from Amy Meyer about their soon-to-be-launched online community called Neighboring Life. It's a real blessing to our conversation as we talk about what it means that Jesus became flesh and moved into our neighborhood, and how we can engage our neighbors this time of year and always. Well, the weather forecast here in Michigan is a little sketchy. It might snow later today, but it looks like it's going to warm up into the, the mid-40s for Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, so we'll probably miss out on having a white Christmas this year. But wherever you are and whatever your weather forecast is, I'm glad you're here. It's so good to be with you as we follow Jesus together. Pat Meyer and Amy Meyer join us in the Next Step podcast today. Welcome. Hi. Hi. It's so good to have you both with us. Amy, M-E-Y-E-R, where in the world are you today? I'm in Madison, Wisconsin. And how's the weather in Madison, Wisconsin? We're good. It's actually kind of balmy for a December day. And, and what does balmy look like for Madison, Wisconsin? <laughs> like 34, something like that. <laughs> well, gee, you must be in a, in a sundress. Ooh, that's right. There's no coat on, that's for sure. <laughs> And Pat Meyer, M-A-I-E-R, on Meyer Avenue, M-E-Y-E-R. Yes. How's the weather where you are today? It is sunny and actually I would say balmy too. It's still chilly, but we've got some warmer weather coming at the end of the week. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, we've got, we with all the rain, we had some frozen mini lakes in our yard. And some of those uh, have frozen solid and now most of them are just water again. So we'll wait for the water to dry up a little bit in this warm snap. Hey, thank you guys for being with us today. Uh, I'm looking forward to, to looking at this chapter of the uh, Light in the Darkness hymn journal with you. Well, we're going to start with that uh, reading on page 97. We're going to uh, do it first in the ESV and then in the message paraphrase. But before we do that, let's join our hearts in a word of prayer. Come Holy Spirit and open us up to what you would have us today. You who inspired John to put these words on paper, would you please inspire our hearts as well? 
uh, as you give us this Christmas gospel again of the word becoming flesh, will you open us up to, to what you have for us this day, this week, as we try to follow Jesus a little more closely this Christmas season and into the new year. Come Holy Spirit and be with us today. Amen. 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 In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. The true light which gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world and the world was made known through him Yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. The Word was first, the Word present to God, God present to the Word. The Word was God, in readiness for God from day one. Everything was created through Him. Nothing, not one thing, came into being without Him. What came into existence was life, and the life was the light to live by. The life light blazed out of the darkness. The darkness couldn't put it out. The life light was the real thing. Every person entering life he brings into light. He was in the world, the world was there through him, and yet the world didn't even notice. He came to his own people, but they didn't want him. But whoever did want him, who believed he was who he cl claimed and would do what he said, he made to be their true selves, their child of God selves. These are the God-begotten, not blood-begotten, not flesh-begotten, not sex-begotten. The Word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. We saw the glory with our own eyes, the one-of-a-kind glory, like Father, like Son, generous, inside and out, true from start to finish. So those are two different renditions of the same verses from John chapter 1, the ESV and then the message paraphrase. Uh, is there something that stuck out to you guys as we walked through it this time? Well, I have to say that every time I hear the part about that the the darkness cannot overcome the light always mm. brings me such mm. hope and peace, just knowing the dark world that we live in. Um, but Jesus's light will always prevail and shine through. Yeah, I, I like how uh, Eugene Peterson puts it in the message, the life light blazed out of the darkness. In, in my hymn journal, I've already got it kind of the star of Bethlehem blazing out of those those words, I think from last Christmas. Mm. Pat, was there something that jumped out to you? I, I love both versions, and I, I love the part where it says the word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. Yeah. You know, that is just, I mean, you can see that in the way God comes to us, and he's here for everybody. And so, but just to put it in the context of our neighborhood, you know, where we are, I love that. Yeah, that, that, that message of, of God dwelling with us right where we live, moving to the neighborhood, that's, that's a beautiful image. Anything else that's, that seemed to really important this time through? 
You know, I guess to verse 12, where it says to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become the children of God. It's a gift that he gives to us Mm -hmm. through faith. I like that. Hmm. Whoever did want him, who believed he was who he claimed and would do what he said, he made to be their true selves, their child of God selves. That's mm-hmm. that's the paraphrase there from Eugene Peterson. A, a real gift. Mm. Well, I'm going to actually back up a page before we go forward a page because, Pat, the artwork on page 95, that comes from you. And I notice you've got verses from the hymn. Thus rejoicing and infant holy, infant lowly, Christ the babe was born for you. All of that is surrounding this tiny infant. Tell me more about this this artwork on page 95. Well, I'd be glad to. Um, I had to think a bit because I did this last year, you know, <laughs> so I tried to connect with what I was thinking. And this is how it works out for me. I was reflecting on the words of the carol, you know, that I read before I, I did this and the fact that you know, we struggle and strive to keep this infant son at the center of our Advent preparations. And my reflections kind of landed on that word center. Hmm. So that made me think of the sun as the center of, you know, the universe, the planets revolving around it. But that God's son is the center of our universe, that all of our life makes more sense when our eyes on him are on him as the center. So that's why the image of the baby Jesus, this infant lowly in the manger is in the center of the design. And so all that we do in preparation for the season revolves around our focus on the celebration of Jesus, this little baby in the manger. So the words that declare who this baby is, you know, infant holy, infant lowly, Christ the baby was born for you. I wanted that to kind of revolve or circle around that design and uh, just to be joined together in going around the picture of the baby. Actually, this is in reflecting from last year too. I, I picked the first, to, the first line of the first verse that you included in this devotion, and then the last line. And so it's almost like Jesus, the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. So mm. that's my little symbolism in there that might not come through. <laughs> um, but I was thinking of that, and then I wanted to frame the um, whole design in those rhyming words, I, I have loved this hymn since I was a little girl because I can remember singing it in our um, Christmas program at the, the Christian school that I attended. And so ever since then, I have loved those rhyming phrases, you know, thus rejoices, rejoicing, praises, voicing. I, I picked those rhymes to frame this because they are actually kind of the action of, of our, our verbal recognition of Jesus mm-hmm you know, the baby, where we um, are worshiping him, rejoicing, praises, voicing. And then similarly, the rhymes on page, is it the next page? Yeah, where the corner design is. Mm -hmm. I wanted to pull out some of those to see the, well, I pulled out, saw the glory, heard the story, connecting with your devotion, but changed it to present tense, see the glory as we Um, focus on Jesus um, during the celebration of of Christmas and preparation of Advent, and then tell the story from the word, you Mm. know, um, to kind of make it apply to us today that that we are to do what the shepherds did. Yeah, that's on page 98. Thanks. I I really appreciate the thought that that went into this. And I can clearly see the the rejoicing and the praises voicing being the the outer ring and then the description of who this, this 
child yeah. is that is the, the next ring, and then at the center is the babe in the in the manger. And I have to be honest, Justin. I never, when I draw a design, I never have that whole design in mind when I draw it. Hmm. I just start somewhere, and then it just kind of happens. So, thank you, Holy Spirit, for that. <laughs> so, where'd you start? Where'd you start on this one? With the baby in the center, mm-hmm. you know. But then I had to think. Then what do I do? You know. And then the rest mm-hmm. came from that. So. And and did you mask out that circle somehow so that you didn't it didn't bleed over or how how did you, you know, get that effect? I think I probably found a jar lid <laughs> and traced it, and then you know uh, I drew it and then erased around the circle. I guess okay. that's how I did it. Yeah, I was looking for washi tape as a Pretty possible simple. answer. Yeah. I don't know. Washi tape doesn't curve. You know. Yeah. Right. Right. Oh, yeah. That's something yeah, to look that's into. A good idea. Curved washi tape. See what we can come up with. I, lo- I love the little hands. I love the cleft in the in the lip, the mm. top lip there. It's just. It. I have to ask: Is this a grandchild related to you? Is this a picture of somebody from your family? You know, I think I did look up. I think it's probably Ella. I looked up. Um, she was the the littlest one. I probably looked up a picture of her sleeping and I think I did. I think it was Ella. Yeah. And then just did the straw around it. You know, that there's something sweet about that too, that this Jesus yeah. who, who makes his bed with us, I mean, he takes up our flesh, our humanity. And so to, yeah. to use your grandchild as kind of the model just for the image, it's, it's almost that same message just in reverse. That Jesus, Jesus is kind of meeting us right where we actually live in, in our families, yeah. in our houses. Helpless little baby. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think the idea is that you might be uh, listening to the hymn or singing the hymn or maybe even listening to this podcast, uh, maybe praying through this text, meditating on this text as someone would add some color, crayons or colored pencils or markers. Is, is that the kind of thing that you would do with this image, Pat, or or what would you suggest someone do? I would. I would I would listen to the song um, because you've made that available Um and I would listen to that while I color it in. Um, and just, you know, the coloring in, in visual faith ministry, we talk about the fact that that just gives us a little extra time to uh, slow down, to focus on, you know, the words and the thoughts. It gives us a little time when we're not just reading, uh, checking off, okay, I read this, getting up and going on with our day just to pause. And, uh, you know, I think I find that sometimes the that's when uh, the Lord puts other thoughts in my mind mm-hmm. about it, and I can reflect on it. And then I might even write some notes around the side if I have another thought or a connection, there is space, I was trying to leave space for people to write their own words on there as well. Yeah, I could see how you'd be able to fit uh, thoughts that came to you or a Bible verse that was important or another phrase from the song, you could fit that in somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, and then, you know, as you're coloring it in, I might think um, to be more specific, you know, thus rejoicing. Well, what am I rejoicing in? Mm. You know, can I name the things that I'm rejoicing over? My salvation, uh, his protection, um, his presence with us in our life today, you know, and praises voicing, um, you know, how can I voice that Mm. to others? So, you know, those are the type of thoughts that might go through my my head as I'm uh, coloring it in. 
Yeah, I saw one of my daughters do something where, where she wrote some of those things, like the, the rejoicing word is, is nice and big. And, and I think she wrote mm-hmm. actually some words, things yes, that caused rejoicing yeah. into the letters. And that's... I love that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I, I have to say too that um, I might not, and I always have to throw this in, you know, it's a big picture there. I might not color it all at once. Mm. You know, um, it would be something that I'd probably come back to and think on again. Yeah. Thanks. And and your your focus, you can come back to it and kind of pick up and remember some of the things you'd already been sitting with. It's a it's a reminder of kind of the the ground that you've already covered. Okay. Uh, so you mentioned visual faith ministry. I, I know many of our listeners are very familiar with visual faith and and the visual faith artists help produce this hymn journal in the first place. But could you just tell us a little bit as, as one of the co-founders of visual faith ministry, what's that ministry all about? Well, visual faith ministry is about practices that encourage a slowing down in a spending time during prayer or during the reading of God's word. They're practices that slow us down and require, like I said, a pause to consider the connection between God's word and your life today. Because a lot of us, I mean, we can read God's word and and that's good. But if I don't stop to really think about it, I can read it and just go on with my day and not remember it later. And so taking time to, um, like we were talking about, color something in and write some words about it. Or if you're journaling, just in a journal, you know, making a few uh, notes for yourself, like what is God saying to me today? And, you know, how, how can I take this promise and share it with others? That helps make it uh, more real to me, and maybe, and stick with me in my head that, um, throughout the day, I might remember it and talk about it rather than just having the, the day go by and I do my Bible reading and then I go on with my day and it's separate. It's, mm. it's bringing that um, prayer and that, that word to become part of your whole day. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for that. I, I, love, I love that about Visual Faith Ministry. So it, it's, it's so good to be partnering with you on this. I just was going to mention too, um, you know, and maybe it's obvious, but the opportunities to connect with others like this, the light and the darkness with this podcast and people doing it all together and talking mm-hmm. about it and sharing. Um, that's another important part of visual faith ministry. Yeah. I almost get the impression that, that visual faith would also say we follow Jesus better when we follow him together, together and uh, right. kind of a core value at next up press and, and something yeah. that we share together. Yeah. Well, I'd like like to turn the page uh, here to the See the Glory, Tell the Story page. That's where the devotion is on page 98. And I just, I'll read the devotion as it's, as it's printed, and then we'll get a chance to listen to uh, this chapter's hymn from Brooke and Brendan. So here's the devotion. It's called, For His Bed, a Cattle Stall. I wonder why so many people go out of their way to get together over Christmas. I don't know how many times my calendar has been full to overflowing. I always think we should move half of those gatherings to February, but we never do. Not because we have extra time in December. So why do we get together at Christmas? Maybe we gather for feasts and gift exchanges because the experience is so wonderful we want to do it again and again. Sometimes I think the ideal of family time together is part of the motivation, and gathering with family and friends at Christmas really can be wonderful. But I also know that the ideal is far from the reality. 
For all people sometimes, and for some people all the time, Christmas can bring guilt and shame and anger and jealousy and old grievances and new heartaches. When sinful people get together, sin happens. Why do we get together? I wonder if, despite the hassle and the bustle, regardless of the ways we hurt each other, deep down we somehow know we belong together. These people, even in their brokenness, are still your people. So being together is fundamentally right, even when it's hard. I think that's what brings the Son of God to a simple cattle stall. These people are his people. They belong together. There's no room in the inn and no royal welcome for the child, just swaddling clothes and a bed of hay. The eternal glory of the Father's throne fades into the tender eyes of a young woman, suddenly a mother, and the strange welcome of shepherds with visions. The world spins busily by, but on that night, in spite of the brokenness, Jesus said, We belong together, and made his bed with us. The word became flesh and moved into the neighborhood, your neighborhood. Your busyness and brokenness won't keep Jesus away. Maybe there's no room in your inn this Christmas. Jesus doesn't care. He'll sleep wherever. The important thing is this. Jesus wants to be with you. You belong together. Infant holy, infant lowly, for his bed a cattle stall. Oxen lowing, little knowing, Christ the babe is Lord of all. Swift are winging, angels singing, Noel's ringing, tidings bringing. Christ the babe is Lord of all. Christ the babe is Lord of all. Flocks were sleeping, shepherds keeping vigil till the morning knew. Saw the glory, heard the story, tidings of a gospel true. Thus rejoicing, free from sorrow, praise his voice and greet the morrow. Christ the babe was born for you, Christ the babe was born for you. Menearing, Christ revering, just as prophets once foretold. They come sharing gifts they're bearing, myrrh and frankincense and gold. With adoring, love outpouring, sins deploring, spirit soaring. 
Christ our Savior we behold, Christ our Savior we behold. With adoring love outpouring, sins deploring, spirit soaring, Christ our Savior we behold, Christ our Savior we That was Brooke and Brendan and their rendition of the hymn, Infant Holy, Infant Lowly. Uh, before we get a chance to talk to Amy Meyer a little bit more, I want to look at the prayer experiment on page 100 and 101 in the hymn journal. It, it's an, an invitation to do a, a sketch of your neighborhood. I've seen this done as roughly as just a few squares on a blank piece of paper, or it can be as nice as it is here on page uh, 101. But the idea is to write down the people in your neighborhood, the names of the people you know, or something about a person, even if you don't remember their name, and, and then to take time to pray your way around the, the houses on your street or the apartments in your building and, and get a chance to, to be thinking specifically about what Jesus is up to in the lives of the people that, that he's placed around you. As, as the word becomes flesh and moves into your neighborhood, what does that mean for, for your neighbors? Here's, here's the last paragraph of that faith experiment. Stick your neighborhood map on a prominent place this week, in your Bible or on your fridge. Hold your neighbors in prayer before your Heavenly Father. Christmas means the Word became flesh to dwell among us. Jesus moved into your neighborhood. Jesus knows and loves your neighbors. Spend some time talking with a family member or friend about how you might get to know the people who live around you just a little better in the coming year. And I think that's a great way to segue to to Amy and this thing that you're getting ready to launch called Neighboring Life. Would you tell us a little bit about what Neighboring Life is all about? Absolutely. So Neighboring Life is going to be a platform, an online platform where people can take actual courses on how to neighbor well and uh, some actionable items. So there will be exercises to try, there will be things to go and practice and do, and then report back to the community on how that's going. So a place to take courses, but also the benefit of having a community to do that with and share how it's going and share exciting stories and celebrations as well as failures, really, things mm. that didn't go so great and like I blew it, you know, or I missed opportunities or whatever to have some of that shared um, experience and shared accountability. And just so that more and more of us begin to recognize and be aware of where God has placed us, who we're around, and that we can really begin to listen and love well, those people that are in our in our midst. So it sounds like for you, uh, this idea of neighboring is is more than just like having a house next door or, or an apartment uh, one floor up. T tell me what you think it, this neighboring as a verb means. <laughs> Yeah, um, exactly. Neighboring is a verb. So truly allowing people to neighbor me, right, mm. to reach out to mm. me as well. So it's not, uh, they're not projects. They're not problems to be fixed. <laughs> they're, they're true um, living humans that God has placed on this earth and who he loves so very much, who he wants to belong with, right, that belong together. And so that we look at one another um, with love and kindness and that we're with interest and curiosity and more than, you know, we don't want to be satisfied with just a name to check off a list, but, you mm -hmm. know, how are they really doing? What do they really need? Are they lonely? 
what are they celebrating? What can we celebrate with them? Hmm. I think it's really interesting that that you also put emphasis on letting other people neighbor us. I, mm. I know in my personal experience, some of the times where my relationships with my neighbors have grown most has been not when I was out to do good for them, but when I was in desperate need and they showed up. Yeah, exactly. That's that's a real blessing moment to be needy. We don't like being needy, but being needy <laughs> no, can be we a, don't. <laughs> yeah, a place where Jesus shows up. So. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think uh, recently my husband and I sold our home of 23 years and a neighborhood that we absolutely loved uh, to our oldest daughter and her children. So we can mm. still go there, which is a real <laughs> bonus. <laughs> but we now live in an apartment and uh, we're on the fourth floor and we have a whole new um, appreciation for what that looks like to get to know a whole group of people again. And how do you do that? And where do you start? And I thought it was hard when people close their garage doors, but it's it's becoming a little bit even more difficult because people just shut their door, right? And mm-hmm. so there's people that I have no idea who they are. And we began to do some real intentional things to try to meet those people. So so what kinds of things, you talk about offering some, some courses, some development, some tools uh, to help people experience that neighboring life a little bit more fully. What, what kinds of things would you be helping people with in, in something like that? Yeah, if, uh, we're going to start with the very, very first thing is prayer. What does prayer look like? How, how are we praying for our neighbors? Starting with even praying just first of all for ourselves that God would give us eyes to see people like He sees them, that we would have a heart for others, like His heart for others, praying scripture um, for people, asking God truly to you know break down walls and soften hearts and, and truly bring them to know Jesus. And then just for those opportunities, like, Lord, help me bump into who you want me to see today. Hmm. And, uh, and obviously, as we get to know them a little bit better, we'll know how to pray for them when you know someone's you know, hurting or about to lose a job or whatever, we can get real specific in our prayers. But those come later once we start to meet them and know their stories. Uh, but we would start with prayer. That would be one. We, we uh, do things in the course like how to listen, hmm. <laughs> how to <laughs> ask some questions that stir deep conversations, but then actually to really just listen. Stop talking. Stop trying to tell your story. Uh, no need to give advice or fix things that don't match up with your views or your opinions and just listen. Mm. I think that that is kind of an art that is needing some attention. <laughs> also being curious. So so getting out of your comfort, comfort zone, going places you're not used to going, knowing where you are in this kind of walkable community. You know, what businesses are there and what what restaurants, what, you know, how can you know that area? And so some of those kind of curious exercises to get people out um, mapping your neighborhood, which I absolutely love. Um, All right. This picture that we've got here to go from, because that is one of the things we teach. And it's so, so fun to to fill in more names and to, hmm. you know, that when you start asking God to use you in your neighborhood, he starts to really answer those prayers. And, uh, you know, just today coming here, I ran into two neighbors that in, in the neighborhood, you know, going down the elevator that I haven't seen for a while, but I've been praying for them. I thought one of them from the news, I saw a big company in our city that was closing and I know she works there. So I was able to check in on her and see if she still has her job. Hmm. You know, so God does answer those prayers. And uh, when we start to get out of our comfort zone and we're willing to not be so focused on ourselves, but uh, be aware and open up our eyes a little bit, 
And Pat mentioned a couple times um, about slowing down. Hmm. That's one of the things that we talk about and teach. Walk through your neighborhood instead of drive through it. Slow down. Notice, you know, whose lawn hasn't been mowed in a while. Something going on there. Hmm. How can I help? We rush past so many things. And coloring helps us slow down in our prayers. Walking helps us slow down in our neighborhoods. Hmm. And all of that then connects us in a way where we can talk to our Father in heaven about these people because he loves them so dearly and and he wants them to know him. Thanks. I really appreciate that, Amy. Uh, it, it strikes me that some of these things we're talking about seem almost obvious or, or mm-hmm. you know, maybe one of the challenges is, is it feels like I should know how to do these already. I should know how to pray. I should know how to be a neighbor. I should know how to neighbor somebody. I should know, I should know how to do these. I should know how to listen, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so d- have you found in your experience that one of the challenges is admitting or being open? I, I like what you're saying about kind of new eyes to see too. H- how does that fit in with what we're talking about this? Like, I, I know that already, or I should know it already uh, when it comes to, to neighboring. I think it's probably the greatest challenge, Justin, because hmm. of, I mean, you stated it very well. It's very easy to go, well, why would I need a course on that? Like I, you know, that's either that's too basic or of course, everyone knows that. The problem comes in, are we doing it? Are we actually living it out? Are we practicing it? Because it's one thing to intellectually know it, to read a book on it. It's an entirely other thing to live that way and to not actually have to think about it, but it's just the way that we are. We show up in the world, neighboring well, loving others, really doing what Jesus asked us to do. And it becomes second nature to us. But if we're not intentional about it, it doesn't happen. And if someone can't, you know, fill out a map like this with who lives next door and then share a few details about their life, do they really know? You know, have we really taken the time? And are we telling stories from 10 years ago about our neighborhood or this morning? You know, yes, admitting, you know, it's almost like having a beginner's mind or, a, mm. a, you know, starting at the ABCs again, like, it's because it's not, it's not new and it's not um, rocket science, like you're saying. It's basic. It's simple. It takes intentionality and it takes time, and it takes willingness to go. You know what? I care about that person next to me enough that I'm going to pause where I'm going and take this moment to have this conversation, and then thank God for it and move on. Right. So. Yeah, I think that, or, um, you know, is there an advanced course in neighboring? <laughs> well, <laughs> no, it's actually just do what you're doing and keep doing it, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and so uh, that idea of not being too ashamed to start over uh, is right. important too. I, I can imagine, I, I can fill out, we, we've moved fairly recently within the last uh, eight months or so, and I could fill out a page like this, but not real well, and I can feel bad about that, or I can get out a piece of paper and fill out what I can fill out and keep taking a step forward. And uh, when that needle hasn't moved at all in the next three or four months, I can bring that to God in prayer too and kind of start over and just keep reengaging again. So uh, Pat, I wanted to ask you, this is, I love your your street here, uh, which would, I understand, be Meyer Avenue, which is kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, it says my street. Uh, <laughs> and I love how you've got Cooper up there in the planks the, the, the and, and you've got dogs and 
pets yeah. and Rory and <laughs> Cody and and but you also have things like uh, Noah and Baby or uh, we've waved to these people. So I have uh, yeah. one of the principles of visual faith ministry is that when you do something like this, it becomes a snapshot of your of your faith walk of your relationship with God. It, has this snapshot shifted at all since you did this a year ago? Well, it has. And first of all, I have to tell you, this picture is in your book, but on my um, wall in the kitchen, I have a sticky note with a line and just boxes. (laughs) That is really in reality what I do. And so in the boxes, as I meet people, I put their names because I forget, you know, I can Mm -hmm. forget the next day. And I put their uh, phone numbers or, you know, when I get the phone number, we, we become friends. I ask for their number, then I have it. So that's what my reality looks like. <laughs> so this is the hymn journal, but your refrigerator yeah. is sticky notes. Yeah. I like that. So that's thank it's you, fun. thank you. That's, that's good. Um, you know, I have to say, I included the dogs because that's how we meet our neighbors too when we're walking our dog, and then we meet their dogs too. So that's kind of fun, actually. James, Christine, Anastasia, Noah, and baby don't live by us anymore. Mm. They moved out, and so now we have Adrian and Raluca, and I think it's Sophia next door. But we've mm. met them. I still haven't met the the people across the street. We've waved and we've said hello now. So oh, we're to okay. the hello phase. And I did meet up the planks up there with Cooper. I met, it's uh, Jean and Hannah up the street. So I did meet her and she's going to come over for coffee sometime. And Ron passed away, Ron oh. and Gail. So we just have Gail across the street. But mm. since then, I've been able to connect with her, have coffee or a beer on her back deck with her and listen to her. So our relationship is growing. That's cool. Thanks. Thanks for that update, Pat. And yeah. you know, this is when when Jesus moves in the neighborhood, I think that's what it looks like. Jesus, <laughs> when he comes to our neighborhoods through his people. So when you show up and have a beer with Gail and, and talk about Ron and, and what she remembers about Ron, Jesus is present there too. And that's just a sweet image of, of Jesus being active on Meyer Avenue in, in Brighton, Michigan. And I, you know, I want to add to, you know, Amy mentioned being intentional. When Gail asked me to come over, it's not always that I have time or mm. want to take time. I'm, I'm busy, but because she asks and being intentional, I have found myself taking the time because I know it's important. You know, it doesn't always have to fit in your schedule, but you fit it in yeah. because that's what Jesus will want you to do. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate what you said, Pat, there too. It's, uh, we have a saying too, we choose what we say yes to. And one of the things we almost always will try our very best to say yes to is our neighbors. Right. Mm-hmm. And like you said, it's almost not, you know, it's not convenient or you're tired or you really don't want to engage in conversation, but, but there they are. Right. So you do it. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, Amy, if you if you uh, filled out a, a, a map like this in your apartment complex, what might that look like for you? Yeah, it was it's funny. I was just doodling while we were talking here and starting to draw uh, names that I know on the doors, and uh, we're, they're filling in. We had an idea in July, and we thought, you know, what would it look like? It's a little bit challenging with COVID, but mm. I think it's also we have to be careful not to use that as an excuse because there's mm. always safe ways to gather and. Uh, so we just, I put a little um, post-it note invite, nothing fancy on every door on the fourth floor. There's 22 apartments on the fourth floor. Wow. And I said, Friday night, fourth floor fun. 
and bring your own beverage and we'll have snacks. And we literally opened our door like we were in a dorm room <laughs> and, and said, y'all come. And, and that, that time we had four people come. We had a wonderful time of connection. And then we did one just two weeks ago. And this time we had two people come and it was two different people. In fact, this morning when I left, one of those gals was in the garage and she thanked me again for the time to get together. And yesterday saw the one guy in the elevator and he said, hey, are we going to have a Christmas party? That was so fun. And he's only lived in the area for a month. He moved from Alaska and he was so Mm -hmm. thrilled to meet people. Uh, People are hungry for connection. They're hungry to be cared for and just know they're not alone. And so it's it's been really, really fun. And people are like, are you the ones that had that open house thing? We're like, yeah, (laughs) it's us, you know. So it's been fun. And I want to say, too, you know, will we do all of this uh, without an agenda Hmm. for these people? So it's not about making sure, you know, inviting them to my church or whether or not they ever come to my church or whether I'm ever able to present the gospel to them, we're called to love our neighbors. And how are we doing that? What does that look like? And for us, it means being available to make connections and actually care about who they are. Hmm. Thanks. I, I really appreciate that word that there's not an ulterior motive. This is this isn't a bait and switch. Like if I can be nice to them, then I can drop Jesus on them at some point. Exactly. Uh, you're just kind of in there for the relationship, and and Jesus does work in that relationship. But it's not an ulterior motive. That is that is the motive. Loving your neighbor. That is the motive. You know. No, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's mm-hmm. good. I, you know, I, as you're talking too, I, th- I think we have, we live in a culture that tends to isolate people and COVID I think has made that isolation even, even more stark. So to be a person of peace in your neighborhood and to love people and be interested in, in real people for who they are, you will be a light shining in the darkness. Uh, you'll just be different. For sure. Well, I, I, I love this this conversation we've had together. I've loved to see how uh, neighboring life and visual faith ministry have dovetailed just almost perfectly in, in this one chapter of the Light in the Darkness hymn journal. It's, uh, that, that was great. Uh, anything that you guys might take away from this conversation as we get right, right up to, to Christmas, busy time, hard to have time for your neighbors, uh, maybe looking at the new year, what's the next step you guys might take as, as you look forward to to being a neighbor, to neighboring well, as you think about God dwelling with us in Jesus. Well, it is a busy time, and I appreciated hearing Amy's explanation and focused in on on her recommendation to listen. Mm. I think that's important with our neighbors. And so, I mean, as far as a visual faith practices, that's what it is. It's really thoughtfully listening to God's Word, not just reading it, but listening and taking it in. You know, when you share something with your neighbors, I think it's always nice to share a little goodie at Christmas time. That's an easy thing to do. You know, take a plate of muffins or uh, some Christmas cookies or other homemade goodies. And then when you do, just consider sharing a little bit of God's word, you know, a, a prayer card or just a, a little note of blessing for them. I think it's it's not offensive to someone when you say you're praying for them or that you, you bless them. You know, this is what I wish for you in the new year. That might just be something that might inspire conversation in the future. Is there a particular muffin or Christmas cookie you like to to give to your neighbors, Pat? Uh, yes, I always make uh, orange muffins, and that's 
like the recipe is, and I can share it if you want to share it. Yeah, no, great. I'll, we'll post the recipe with our podcast. It's a whole orange. Like you take the rind and it takes the inside and everything. Oh, wow. And then you just add a little bit of flour, sugar, and spices. And it's like biting into a fresh orange almost. Um, but that, that says good morning to me for Christmas. So that's Excellent. my gift. Yeah. How about you, Amy? Is there a, a next step that Jesus might be inviting you to take uh, as a result of this conversation? Well, I love what Pat said because we can use these different marks in the year, right? New Year's and, and Christmas to because it's so acceptable then to, mm. <laughs> to drop off the cookies mm-hmm. or the well wishes for a happy year, whatever. You know, it, it really is an, almost an invitation, kind of like, uh, you know, even, even trick-or-treating is as controversial mm. as that can be. It's a natural time to be out about in your neighborhood and connecting. So, you know, even Christmas carols, singing, like whatever it might be, now is really the time to do it. And I guess I just appreciate, I'm looking at this artwork uh, that Pat did and keeping that baby Jesus in that center circle. Um, when our when our eyes are fixed on him, when our perspective is all about rejoicing in him and that he actually came <laughs> into our neighborhoods, um, it resets my priorities to know I'm there on purpose and the people around me are there for just, I don't know how long, especially in an apartment. Mm. I have no idea when they'll move out. So now's the time. I guess I'm feeling a a bit of urgency um, for if I have an idea to act on it, to Mm. not talk myself out of it or think, well, that'll be offensive or what if they're Jewish or what if they're Muslim? Like, Mm It's okay. It's coming from my my home to yours, and this is where we're coming from. And it's not um, not to force anything on anyone, but it's mm-hmm. from that heart of kindness and love to go ahead and act on the idea. If God prompts you to take that action, uh, follow through. So I think that's going to be my next step is to keep opening our door to our fourth floor friends and see where God takes it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thanks. I appreciate that uh, freedom to fail because it's it's not yeah. it's not about whether you look foolish or whether you accidentally give offense. A, a heart of kindness for your neighbor and acting on that, going going ahead and and running that experiment and seeing what happens. Right, and you know we would you would think like out of twenty two apartments, you would think more than three or four people would come. Mm. And you know, was it was that a failure? Did we not invite sooner? And it didn't matter. Like. Yeah. And, and we, the conversations went way deeper because the second time when there was just two people in the room, we, you know, and they didn't want to leave. It's pretty funny because when you host something, it's hard to put a stop time on it, but they just were hungry for that connection. And so, yeah, it's not a failure. It's an experiment and you just give it a try and then you just try again. You know, maybe having the open door and just two or four people and others hearing that, oh, it sounds like a good time, or right. it's okay, maybe you'll have more the next time. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, how about you, Amy? Is there, a, is there a Christmas cookie or a muffin that you like to give to your neighbors this time of year? Well, I used to make a fun, it wasn't a cook. it was a, like a spice tea, and it was mm. like tea and tang and cinnamon or something. I don't even know if I have the recipe, but that was fun because it was, something that lasted really long and people, you just add it to hot water and yeah. people enjoyed that spice mm-hmm. tea. So. Awesome. Cool. Thank you. Well, Pat Meyer and Amy Meyer, no relation. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for your time today. I, I so much got, I enjoyed getting to know both of you a little bit better and, uh, 
I know, Amy, you've been invited by Pat up to the women's retreat in Ar- at Arcadia. They're one of the women's weekends coming up next yes. year. So yeah. I, I'm excited that you'll get to know each other better up there. And it was a joy for me to kind of introduce you today on the podcast, knowing that you've emailed, but also knowing that you haven't spoken to each other before. It's yeah. a real blessing <laughs> for me fun. to get to be Thanks, part of that. Justin. So thank you. <laughs> yeah, thank you very much. My sister in Christ, for sure. Yes, I was just thinking that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you for being here today and Merry Christmas to both of you. Merry Christmas. Christmas. Bye-bye. That was Pat Meyer from Visual Faith Ministry and Amy Meyer from Neighboring Life. Now, Neighboring Life isn't quite ready to go live, but as soon as they do, we'll make sure to share links to that ministry in our Next Step community. Pat Meyer talked about those fresh orange muffins. I got the recipe from her and put it in a blog. I'll link to that in the description of this podcast. But whether you make her orange muffins or your own favorite family recipe, taking some food to a neighbor to share might be one way to just get your foot in the door this Christmas season. You heard me talk about how Amy Meyer and Pat Meyer are going to team up next fall. The dates for that Camp Arcadia Women's Retreat are September 23rd through 25th. So I'll make sure to put a link to that in the description of this podcast as well. Now, you know, this podcast is specially designed to go with our Light in the Darkness Facebook learning community. And if you've not been a part of that yet, we invite you to join that. It's a great place to see people, what they've done, kind of some comments or questions or or as they share the artwork from the chapter. It's a vibrant community to be a part of. And this Next Step podcast is made possible in part by the generous support of Next Step patrons. As we come to the close of another year, if you'd like to make a year-end gift, I'll link to our Patreon page, but you can also email me at justin at findmynextstep.org if you'd like to make a special gift to help the mission and ministry of Next Step Press continue. It was so good to be with you today and to have that conversation with these two wonderful women of God. I hope they help you see your relationship to your neighbors in a new light. And I hope you can hear Jesus' invitation not to get it exactly right, but just to run a small experiment and see where he might be working in the lives of your neighbors as Jesus works in your life as well. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. The Word took on flesh and blood and moved into our neighborhood. Isn't that good news? Merry Christmas, everybody, and Happy New Year. We'll see you next time at Next Step Press.